Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Kim Power Stilson, host of the Talk Worthy Show, and I'm filling for Matt, who's out of town. Today we're going to talk about re-dating your mate and making your marriage uh, exciting even after 20, 30, whatever years of marriage. You know, but I was thinking about that, and here we are in the studio full of uh, producers, um, and none of you guys are, are married. Yeah. Nope. Forget yeah. the re <laughs> You say, forget re-date your mate. I'm still on date your mate, you know? Later on the show, we're going to be talking with Sheila Dean, and she is a re-date your mate author, a best-selling relationship um, and author and counselor. And she's going to be talking about what to do to rekindle your relationship. But before we go into that, I thought it would be great to talk about, you know, how do you get a relationship so that you can redate your mate? Any suggestions? Well, I think if we had suggestions, we wouldn't be single right now. <laughs> I think we'd all be married. <laughs> I don't. Those who figured it out are no longer in this club, right? It's like one of the great secrets of life. And once you figure it out, you're not you're not looking for that anymore. So, so once you find that person and get married, we believe it. You know, it's for life, right? So, figuring out how to keep that alive is important. But first of all, you got to find that someone. That's what I want to know how to do. Well, you know, I, I was throwing this out earlier, and uh, when I I was in college, I was the setup queen, and I set up and married off eighteen couples. One of those couples did get a divorce, but then I, so I really have 19, but um, everyone else has stayed married. Wait, Nate, you mean 17? So, no, I, I got another one. So oh, it is 18. One. Yeah. Oh, okay. So actually it was 19 and, and now oh, it's 18. Okay. 18.5. Yeah, 18.5. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I did get them married, so that should count. And they did stay married for 10 How years. How did you do that? Well, you know, I was actually on the campus at Brigham Young University, and I, I noticed that a lot of people were, you know, they're being excessively shy or they couldn't be bothered to go over and ask someone out. And so I decided to do the magic for them. You know, I'd say, you know, hey, you'd be great with this person, so why don't we go out? And in fact, one day we, um, we actually set up a date where 15 couples went out, so 30 people went out at a time. And actually a few of the couples switched partners by the end of the night, all blind dates, <laughs> 30 people all on a blind date, and we, we that switched That is awesome. Around. So I was a bridesmaid 11 times, wore dresses in yellow, royal blue, pink, hot pink, light pink, lavender, etc. cetera. Um, but it was great to see that, you know, someone could take a look at um, someone from a distance and say, hey, you'd be great together and kind of urge them towards each other. I would do little um, advertising. So I'd say, oh, Merritt, she's darling. She's in broadcast. She's, you know, really fun to get to know. And then I would say, Skylar, you know, he he's in a band and he does those kind of things. And I would kind of pitch them to each other. And then I would set up the date for them. But I had three rules that they had to do. You want to know what those are? Yes. I, I do. So three rules. And if they didn't follow those rules, I would not set them up again. Um, the stats are really in my favor. I only had to set people up three to five times before they found their future um, person. So I had three rules. And if they followed the rules, they got to get married. Um, or I got they got for they, they were able for me to set them up again. So what were your rules? So here's the rules. The first rule was they had to go out with them more than once. You had to give them three chances. So like um, one of the people I set up, the first date they went out and they hated each other. The second date they had to go on and they could barely tolerate it. Third date they were engaged because I'm good. Holy smokes. Yes. Holy cow. How does it escalate from like hating each other to like marry me? Passion. 
<laughs> they were good, but you know, people good don't food. like to you know be told they're great for each other, so they resist it. Don't you find yourself doing that? You know, yeah, this person would be great for you. You're like, yeah, right. I doubt it. I mean, that's natural. Uh, I, yeah. I do that. Yeah, I'd say that's natural. Yeah. So if I said this person's fabulous, Skylar's fabulous for you, you'd be like, I don't think I'd be so. Like now. Nah. <laughs> so my girlfriend came into the date. She's like, I don't care if he's going to go to law school. I'm not interested. So that was her first date. The second date, she kind of started to listen more. And that brings me to the second rule. The second rule is got to pay attention. You can't just go on the date, throw them around. You've got you to gotta pay attention and listen to them. Come back to me and report one or two things uh, that they said. So would I have each of them do it and see if they matched? Made them accountable. Yeah, made them accountable. And they had to listen. So the second date my girlfriend went on, right, she listened to what he had to say. He listened to her, and pretty soon they weren't at odds. Um, and so that's it. Now, um, then the final, the third uh, rule is that um, they had to speak positively about them to someone else. That kept my, that kept my business alive. You can imagine, right? <laughs> oh, so well, it a business. business? It sounds pretty no, I mean, business-like. I yeah, I didn't get paid. Right. But it became I mean, it took up like an entire quarter of a semester. But, you know, I mean, it seemed like it took a lot of my time. Um, and but then I did, I had people set up um, each other later. The hardest one was this guy. Oh, I can't say his name, but um, his name's Kim. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and he would not he would do the three rules, but he would he never liked any of the girls I set up with him. And so I, he would follow the rules. He would um, ask them out three times. He would listen and report back, and he would never say anything badly. And so finally, it took me six years, but I finally set him up with a girl. And he came to the date late. I said, she's perfect. And um, she came, he came to the date late, and she didn't like him. So I had to beg her to follow the rule and go out with him the second time. They went out a second time, and it was okay. And the third, the third date ha- happened six months later, and he remembered that I promised him I wouldn't set him up again unless he had that third date with her. So she had moved to San Jose. He flew out to San Jose on a business trip, called her, asked her out, got engaged. That's commitment, wow. though, to yeah. fly all the way out. Yeah, I was strict. You had to, I wouldn't set him up again. He would be a bachelor still without me. You know, I, I, I'd completely forgotten about this, but one year ago, you set me up with somebody. <laughs> I remember that. Did you but follow the rules? I didn't know there were rules to follow. <sighs> Rob, you should have followed the rules. Okay, rule, rule, the so rule success. number one, we can go through this. Rule number one was multiple dates. Yes. Okay, I didn't do that. Three, at least three. Yeah, three we, did, we did one, and I just lost track and forgot to do anything. But two, I can remember details about her. I remember where she worked. And that's good. That's, that's all one right. detail. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> and rule number three was? Don't say anything bad about them. To oh, she people. was fine. She was yeah. good. Oh, no, don't say fine. She was good. <laughs> yeah, you're not, yeah, we're not allowed to say fine. That's another rule with women. You don't ever want to, if they say, how do I look? You never want for dating. Just heads up and merit. See if you agree with me. If some you ask someone how you look and they say fine, it means barely passable. Yeah, yeah. It's not nice. You look great. That's great. <laughs> and don't say you look great today versus like versus the rest of the time you look horrible. Exactly. Yeah. So those are rules to keep um, relationships alive. So, all right. So that's that's just helpful in dating. And, you know, blind dates can be tough. But if you find someone to mentor for you um, that knows you well, then it's it's definitely an invest, worth uh, an investment of your time. I think it works. I've seen it work 18 times. Not to pick on poor Matt Townsend. But he's tried the whole setup thing, and yes, how did I, don't that go? Th- I don't think he has as good a track record as you do. Um, no, I don't think Matt has a good track record. He, uh, I don't know if if our listeners remember, but like, was it like a month ago or so? I Valentine's, guess it was Valentine's Day. Day. Uh, Matt had this big speech or some kind of seminar or whatever he does, 
And so he invited all of us to get a date and he would pay for us to go to his thing. And so I had a date for that night. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, it was a blind date, right? It was a blind date. And so, so I, I, I asked Matt if I could like have my buddy come also, cause he was looking for something to do. So him and his date. And so Matt's like, yeah. And so the day of my friend calls me like an hour before the date. Cause he went to, to Salt Lake a, while, a ways away to pick up his date. Cause that's where she's from. And she had looked it up online and he calls me and he's like, do you know what this is about? I was like, no, it's just Matt Townsend. That's free all tickets. I know. Yeah, free <laughs> tickets. And he's like, I didn't think you knew what it was about. It says on the website, rekindling the spark in your marriage. <laughs> so obviously none of us were married. It was a blind date for me. And and so we go to this thing. And I was like, do you still want to go? And, and we were like, yeah, what the heck? So we went. And uh, I think we were the only non-married people there. There was There was like... I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people in this big auditorium and me and my date and my friend and his date. And we were the only ones that weren't married. And it was very awkward because he had moments where we had to like stand up and like stare in each other's eyes and like <laughs> slow dance and say what we like about the other person. And Did you do oh, it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was extremely awkward. And uh, yeah, Matt, Matt left out a few minor, minor, minor details. Do you know what this is called, though? This is called being a step ahead of the game. Being a step ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, you're just preparing yourself for later when you'll you'll, and you'll need this When stuff. I need that, yeah. Exactly. That's great. That's true. Right. So now you know what you're going to have to do in the future. When I am married. So you better make sure you like them a lot now. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it is, like, looking back, it's a good it's a good story. I've never had a date like that, nor do I think I ever will. But here's the, here's the fun follow-up, a chase to the story. What happened after that date? Have you dated her since? I haven't. Um, I, I I wasn't 100% interested. So. so you void her eyes in the hall. <laughs> well, I, it's funny because we did run into each other a couple more times. and But, yeah, it, it's... It's just it wasn't wasn't meant to be. <laughs> See why that's very helpful to have that third rule about not saying anything bad because she's probably going. There's that guy. That oh, she was that she was way fun. She was a cool person. Oh. Just yeah, just not meant to be. So you all laughed about it. Yeah, yeah. She was she was a really good sport about it. So yeah. And Matt, did he have to <sighs> Matt. apologize to you? No, he only he only like he only like made fun of me because I didn't wear a collared shirt. I ran into him. Oh, and, that's because he was wearing a uh, superhero outfit. I was not wearing a superhero outfit. I was just wearing. I was. It was a nice shirt. It wasn't. It wasn't a collared shirt, but it was like a nice shirt. It wasn't like a Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt or something like that, like a T-shirt. <laughs> but we we hear you are a superhero, though. So yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. At least on YouTube. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Uh, don't don't look that up. <laughs> all right. So I guess, you know, single-wise, any other comments about dating? It's, uh, can I challenge you all to set each other up on dates? I was just thinking how different it is, like what you were saying, how you would set up your friends. Because I don't know if you guys heard about this app that just came out. Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. Have you guys heard about that? I haven't used it, but, like, my roommate used it, and he's already, like, going on dates because of this app. Basically, it's like... You you sign up for the app and like it like has pictures you like submit like two pictures of yourself then like everybody like in like your area can view your picture and you click like who you think's cute or good looking and then the other person um, is notified that you thought they were cute and then if they think you're cute they like click cute or whatever and then like you can like start chit chatting and talking and getting each other's numbers and 
I may need to get an app. Yeah, you might. <laughs> yeah, that's like having a matchmaker service on your phone because that's all you do. Hey, he's cute. She's cute. Um, let's get you together. So if you click and if so, someone thinks you're cute and you respond, you Just ask to be each other. honest, who wouldn't think I was cute? You know? I know. Everyone yeah. does. My kids do. <laughs> so, but would you, would you then, how do you ask that person out? Is it all online or See, do you have I, to call them? I don't have the app. I, I think... I don't know. Maybe then you like go to Facebook. My my friend, my roommate just did it, and he got like a girl's number like yesterday. So I don't know. I can't. I don't know if you like message him through the app or if you just like get their name and then like look them up on Facebook and message him. Okay, great. And but, then you could listen to the show later for you know the ideas on how how to date someone because once you get hooked up, you still have to you still got to date them. Yeah, yeah, and be romantic and swoon them, right? Yeah, and inevitably when this specific girl marries you. You'll find yourself 20 years from now needing to rekindle that love. Yeah, and I might not be around, so. Yeah, I'll have to. You have to listen the to the show, show so yeah. I can figure it all out now. <laughs> well, and later we're going to talk about um, great romantic movies, and that's always a, a nice thing to do is uh, go to a romantic movie. Maybe not on the first date, though, right? Not first date. No. no. I, like I, hear, I hear movies in general on a first date is just a big no no. Yeah. That's just what I heard. You, you don't, don't talk. Anybody. Yeah. You just sit there and eat popcorn and and like smartphone or not? I mean, if people that text during the date is that a taboo thing or perfectly acceptable still? I would say taboo. I like a little more attention than that. Did you hear what she just said? Attention. Now you know, right? Attention. Don't text while you're on a date, especially with Merritt or any other girl for that matter. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, you're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about redate your mate, and we're going to have a guest on later. But this has been a little, uh, you know, talk about what it's like to be single and, and to get to the place where you do have a date, um, a mate to redate. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Broadcast from the campus of BYU, the Wheatley Forum brings you topics ranging from fostering integrity to financial security. Join expert researchers and panelists to hear uplifting and motivating scholarly discussions. Tune in to the Wheatley Forum, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Start your day off right with The Morning Show. Host Marcus Smith always gives you something new to think about. I want to live my life all over again, and it's because I've got the wrong career. Uh, well, there's 12 different careers. I want, to be, uh, I want to be a rock star. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be a clinical psychologist. I think that'd be fantastic, too. But boy, you hear, you hear about what people actually study, and I just, I'm just mesmerized by it. Catch The Morning Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. For the best in BYU sports coverage, get a front row view with True Blue. Tune in to Dave McCann for all the great highlights, insightful interviews, and complete game recaps. This season, True Blue airs a half hour later on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Mountain. With in-depth reports about athletes and coaches, plus guest appearances from legendary players and media, we'll keep you in the BYU sports loop. Get a front row view with True Blue on your home of the Cougars, BYU TV. This episode of The Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously. And now, The Matt Townsend Show presents dating advice from a married man you know. I'm Sam McCall. 
now that you're married, how often do you guys still court one another? Oh, every day. Where do you go on dates? Somewhere romantic. For the sake of science, let's follow this couple on a Friday night date. No, Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night date. Now that's cool with you guys, right? Of course. Okay, just check it. Of course! If it's for science. Like... For science! Here's Sam. He's opening the car door for his wife. Well, every time we go out, I always hold all the doors and make sure that she feels comfortable. And now, they're approaching the ice cream parlor. I always say thank you and give him a kiss. Yes! Look at this couple. Look how spiffy they look. Like Clark Gable and that lady from God with the Wind, starring Clark Gable. To make it date night, I always dress up real nice. And I always love that. They approach the clerk at the counter. Which of the five flavors will they order? I always let her pick the flavor. And sometimes we even share ice cream. We always try and get a table off in a corner and sit on the same side to be close to each other. We like to sit together and talk about all the things that uh, we're happy during the day and just catch up and be together and enjoy each other's company. Uh-oh, now they're leaving the ice cream parlor. Where are they going to go next? It's also fun to get out and try new things that we've never done before because then you get to experience new things with the person you already love. Yeah, we go hiking and rock climbing. We just bought a motorcycle. Let us travel now through space and time to the year 2033. The McCall family is now a much more populous group. Yet only two of them are entering the ice cream shop of the future. Kids may love ice cream, but it's best for date night to just focus on each other. Get a babysitter. Just make sure to have enough kids to watch the other ones. Great advice, Mrs. McCall. When we're 80 years old, I guess we'll just have to make sure we still open doors for each other, hold hands, and sit on the same side of the booth. Nothing really has to change as long as you still enjoy each other's company. So follow their advice. Date until you are late. We're not 80 yet. We'll just have to live life and enjoy it now, and I'll let you know when we get there. We'll find a way. A public service message from the Matt Townsend Show. I love you, honey. I love you more. Aw. And welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Kim Powers-Stilson filling in for Matt uh, Townsend, who's out of town. Okay, Rob. (laughs) It's Olivia de Havilland. Gone that, with the wind. And I, I even went to Wikipedia and looked it up, but it just looked confusing, and so I just decided not to say it. Okay, that was hilarious. That was the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we had tears. I cried during that one. And we went to 20, and he has a time machine, a great voice in the time machine. 2033, is that where it was? In the, the ice cream shop of the future. Okay, and by the way, you said parlor, and I don't think now or in the future they say parlor. But in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm excited to hear um, this um, advice we have today. We're going to be rekindling relationships and redating our mate. And, uh, you know, we already talked about being single, and we, now we went to a young married couple and took them into the future. And we know that sitting on the same side of the booth is helpful, holding hands, holding doors open. I think he meant holding doors open because holding doors would be rather tedious. Um, he could show off his muscles. I don't know. Yeah. Very much of doors. <laughs> well, when he's 80, that's going to be, you know, kind of a big commitment. Yeah. Well, that was a big concern I asked him, too, is I said, well, what happens when everybody else is holding the door for you? And his wife says, that's oh, fine. Just as long as the door is held open for me. Yeah. 
And that's important to remember, guys. That's a big thing. Don't stop doing that. Or please start if you're not. Maybe that's why you're not married. <laughs> I, I open the door. Okay, good. Every time. Yeah. And then after it closes, she uh, walks in afterward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Face. She's always not that happy, actually, at that moment, but... Well, you know, when you're dating, it's not too hard to forget those things because you're trying to impress someone. But, Matt, you have some great advice um, for uh, marriages that, um, you know, that are existing and maybe are in a little trouble. Maybe the, you know, aha romance is a bit over and it's time to think about how we can rekindle a little bit of passion. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I know you have uh, you guys have not seen it. Fireproof. I hadn't even heard of it. Great movie. Well, you should see it. Um, critics don't typically like it, but audiences, I, I have yet to meet somebody who's actually seen it who didn't like it. Um, it's, it's like a Christian movie-esque. Um, it's about this guy who's a firefighter. His wife works in a hospital. Um, they're having like a rough marriage. They're basically on the point of divorce. And in order to save their marriage, what the father of the, the husband does is he gives him this book and it's got what? How many days do you know? I want to say it's more than 30. Yeah, so like, it's like 90. I don't know for yeah, sure. Yeah, something like that. It it's could a period be of time. Yeah, it's like X number of days, and every day he's got a different task he has to do. Some of them are really simple, like do something nice like uh, – It's a um, task for his wife to yeah, do for his wife. Mm-hmm, for his wife so that way he can better uh, appreciate his marriage. Like, for example, one of them I think is make breakfast – that one didn't work out so well. Take out the trash. Take out the trash. And 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 just to to throw this in, if you wouldn't mind, sure. he's not too happy about it, doing them. Yeah. Like he is, he wants this advice to save his marriage and his life from his own father, and he doesn't kind of fights that it's so simple. Yeah. He he seems so. To his be, father gave him the list of tasks. Yeah. To yep. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not to ruin it for anybody who wants to see it, but there's kind of like an M Night Shyamalan ending at the end. You see, there's a twist to it, but. That's exactly it. Like, he doesn't really want to do the things, but he does, and eventually he gains a greater understanding understanding and appreciation for his wife. And I was just thinking, like, how many times do we forget about that in, in marriages or relationships in general? Like, every day we should be looking out and doing a specific good thing for that significant other, right? And we shouldn't let that opportunity go to waste, really. Yeah, and in the movie, the wife right sees him doing this and at first she's like ew and she doesn't trust it mm-hmm. she wonders why he's doing it but he keeps doing it so it's the consistency that's key in the movie exactly yeah and like coming from my personal life right uh, a lot of my friends they come from divorced families and my mom uh, it, it's more complicated but she's been married three times so i've seen good relationships bad relationships i've i've seen it um and really, this is something really important. You never want to let a relationship spoil. And there's things you can do to always keep them fresh. And for anybody who's interested, not only is there the movie, but you can buy the book with the actual list of things. So you can actually do the book every single day. And not just for you, but for your children or um, your grandkids, you could share that message because it's not just about your relationship. It's all the others around you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's fireproof. Mm-hmm. Fireproof. Um, I don't know. I think it came out in 2010, something like that. It's a great movie. I think everyone should see it and apply its principles. And my husband, uh, it was recommended by a friend of my husband's, and he had us all sit down as a family and watch this. And um, he said that his his uh, father had always told him to treat 
the you know treat your wife well treat and so he watched the way his uh, mom was treated and so he did that he had us all watch the movie and then he showed by example by treating me nicely which was great took out the trash you know Mm -hmm. i mean those kind of things are they do add up so right from what i understand there's nothing more attractive than a guy who vacuums right (laughs) (laughs) i love it that's great i might disagree (laughs) (laughs) that's great and my husband he unloads the dishwasher and vacuums and that's our thing and he does it every day so there you go he's pretty awesome All right. Well, Matt, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Matt is out of town, and I'm Kim Power Stilson filling in for him. And we're going to be talking about redating your mate and rekindling relationships right here after this brief break. Here's a show for you deep thinkers, seekers of new ideas and constant learners. It's called Thinking Aloud. You can join host Marcus Smith to hear thoughtful interviews from guests. And with each new show, you can leave more inspired, enlightened, and educated. Tune in weekdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and 8.30 p.m. Eastern for Thinking Aloud. Here on 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Isn't it time for a little good on your Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New gasoline regulations are likely to push the price of fuel up in the U.S. The new regulations were pushed forward by the EPA today and will reduce the amount of sulfur in gas by about two-thirds. President Obama touted new infrastructure initiatives today, which would pump $40 billion into the nation's most degraded public works. The project could jumpstart the economy but still requires congressional approval. House Speaker John Boehner is denouncing an offensive reference to immigrant workers made by a fellow Republican representative today. Boehner says the comment was beneath the dignity of the office. New York City is renewing efforts to sift through debris collected from the World Trade Center in the search for still missing remains. Families of victims say they have still not been able to grieve properly. An Illinois man is facing charges for stealing 21 tons of Munster cheese. The would-be thief was caught after attempting to sell 42,000 pounds of his haul at a New Jersey truck stop. The thief nabbed the shipment with forged paperwork. Scientists are still struggling to find the cause of a mystery illness, which has wiped out 40 to 50 percent of the nation's bee population. The mass death could put the pollination of large fruit and vegetable crops at risk. In world news, North Korean leaders are making preparations for missile strikes on the U.S. mainland. In response to yesterday's B-2 stealth bomber missions, leader Kim Jong-un approved a plan to put the missiles on standby. And an unfinished 16-story building in Tanzania collapsed suddenly today, killing at least four and leaving nearly 60 missing. The building fell on top of a field where some young boys were playing, and at least four are still missing. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. This episode of The Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously. 
And welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Kim Power Stilson. Again, we're talking with Sheila Dean, and she is an author, best-selling author, and relationship expert. No one really knows what makes that first spark of attraction fly. What we do know is once that spark flies, Mother Nature steps in and helps us by causing our brains to secrete a, a cocktail of hormones and have the same effect on our brain really as, as some drugs. And so what happens is we get that obsessive feeling of can't think about the partner uh, enough, can't stop thinking about them, can't wait to see our sweetheart again. Much of that is, is hormone-induced. And as you might expect, over time, the effects of, that hor- of those hormones fade and sort of those, that new love blinders come off and we then discover that our partner isn't really quite as perfect as we may have thought. I always say that um, you discover that the perfect 10 you thought you had is really a flawed 6 or 7, and your partner, uh, your, your spouse, discovers the same thing about you. So, no, you really, it's really not possible to create those same feelings you had when you were falling in love. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, couples think when that feeling fades that they got it wrong. And really, it's just a natural stage in the progression of a long-term relationship. You can, however, do things to inspire the um, same hormones that, are, that make you bond and make you um, feel close to each other. And, so, and part of that is just paying attention and being together, holding hands, being affectionate, um, doing the things that you did back when you were dating, the thing you told me about earlier, the sweet thing you did for your husband. What can you do today to make your sweetheart's day a little nicer, a little more pleasant? And if you have that attitude day in and day out, it does keep the love alive. Well, Sheila, because you referred to it, I think we'll we'll go ahead and share that with listeners. Um, and I mentioned in preparing for the show, I'm filling in for Matt Townsend on the Matt Townsend Show. I was able to watch some of your videos and take some of your advice. And I, and I decided to put in uh, a note in my husband's wallet at the suggestion, how do I make my sweetheart's day a little better? I put a note in my husband's wallet, and he happens to be um, a sheriff's deputy. And I got a phone call right in the middle of him doing a, a, a DUI um, traffic um, stop and to tell me thank you for that note and he's never done that before no it's amazing i'll tell you one day i was uh in my um office and i was working on my first book and um there's you know writing a book is a very solo and demanding um uh, thing to do so i'm i'm pouring over this and i'm and my husband would know not to bother me and really and interrupt my my uh, thinking, but one day the door opened and he walked in. And he was carrying this huge, red, gorgeous, beautiful strawberry, and he handed it to me. And all he said is, "I just wanted you to have a bright moment in your day." And he turned and walked out of the room. <laughs> now you know, okay, this guy can get away with a lot when you know, when you when you make deposits like that into your love account. Then, when things go wrong, when you inadvertently step on your partner's toes, when you you know when you you hurt somebody's feelings or or you or you behave badly, it's easier to get beyond those things when you have made many deposits into your your into your love account. Do you know it's interesting, Kim? It takes studies show it takes five positives to overcome one negative. So. 
if you've uh, been uh, less than wonderful five times, let's let's talk about the socks on the floor. If you throw your socks on the floor one time, that's five demerits. It takes five times of putting them in the hamper to even out that one time on the floor. So even if you're doing things right more often than not, you can end up in the doghouse because of this negativity bias that we have. And there's a reason for that as well. It goes back into this whole fight-or-flight instinct that we have that we need, but the, the part of our brain that, um, is, that controls the fight-or-flight instinct, it didn't, didn't distinguish between good and bad or, you know, this is, this is only a sock on the floor as opposed to uh, a mugger who's trying to hurt you. It, it only sees the negative. And because we've, we have to learn from our negative experiences, we have a natural negativity bias that I talk about in my book, Redate Your Made, about how we can overcome that negativity, negativity bias and re- replace it with a bias towards the positive. But when you have, a, um, um, when you have those um, negative feelings, it, it's easy for them to take over and replace any positive feelings that you have. So it's really important that every single day, in every way, small and big, that you pay attention to making those deposits into your love account because the withdrawals can be so big. That makes sense? Uh, it, it does make sense, and I think it's great advice for all of us and listeners. Now, this is Sheila Dean, and we're talking about relationships and redating your mate. And we're going to go to a, a brief break, and after we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about ways to do that. I know you have four strategies, and we may even touch on some classic movies that might re-inspire you. We'll be right back with more of the Matt Townsend Show after this. BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Parenting has never been an easy task, and in today's world, it can be harder than ever. That's why Richard and Linda Iyer are dedicating their lives to educating parents and strengthening families around the world. Find out what Richard and Linda can do for your family, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on their show, Iyer's on the Road, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good International affairs can affect our daily lives far more than we realize. 
Gain detailed knowledge of world events by attending lectures from the Kennedy Center here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center will keep you current with solutions to the most pressing worldwide concerns suggested by top scholars from BYU and abroad. Tune in weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for Notes from the Kennedy Center. There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This episode of The Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously. Welcome back to the Mount Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Kim Power Stilson. I'm filling in for Matt, who's out of town. We've been talking with Sheila Dean, who is a best-selling author and relationship expert. And Sheila, we were talking before the the break about what we're doing, um, the negatives and, and filling up our love account. Now I want to talk about ways that we can redate our mate. I mean, sometimes, you know, toothpaste, socks on the floor, those are all things that are in a non, in my mind, in a non-romantic category. What are some ways we can create uh, romance and um, and uh, be creative in, in dating and rekindling that uh, the passion that we had uh, when we were dating? Well, the, the redate your mate process is a four-step uh, process for um, making your marriage what you want it to be. And the first step is to recreate the dating you and to become the best vision of you possible. And, you know, what, what happens when, we're, when we first meet the person that we marry, we're independent, we're making our own decisions generally, and once we get married, we tend to meld our lives with another person, and we bring all of our baggage with us into that marriage. And, you know, the, the predicate for having a great relationship with other people is having a great relationship with yourself. So as we, we many couples find that their own self-limiting beliefs and their own baggage get in their way of having the really great relationships that they want. So it's really important that we work on ourselves when we want our marriage to be even better than it is or recover from a rocky marriage. So the first thing we do is maybe focus on ourselves and focus Mm -hmm. on what we're doing. And I think that's great because, you know, a lot of times it is that other person and the other person should change. In when you're dating, you do spend more time in front of the mirror preparing or wondering what you're going to say and what you're going to do. You put more effort in to those interactions than you would um, after 20 years of marriage. That's true. And the other thing that, that can happen is if you find, for example, that you're hearing a lot of criticism from your spouse. Well, maybe your spouse is being critical, but also maybe you're hearing criticism that isn't there And what you really need to do is work on your own self-esteem. So if your husband says, gee, the rice is salty, if what you hear, you're a a terrible cook, then maybe the issue isn't that your spouse is being critical. Maybe the issue is that you need to work on your self-esteem. And so those are the kinds of things that I talk about in recreating the dating you is being the best person that you can be from every, every standpoint. And so you really like you. It's really important that you feel good about yourself and that you feel 
Um, you don't let self-limiting beliefs and things like low self-esteem get in, get in the way. And, you know, we all have that. I mean, it's, life is a dynamic process, and we're always working on ourselves. But it's really easy to look at the other person and say, well, you're really critical or uh, you this, you that, when sometimes the problem really lies within ourselves and we have the ability to fix it by fixing ourselves. And we don't always like to hear that or like to think that, but it's really important in having a quality relationship that we work on having a quality self. Well, and I, you know, I want to throw this in here because the next step that you suggest is rejuvenate dating behavior. And mm-hmm. I, I love that concept because we forget that. We, we do. And, and here's a quote. I'm going to throw this quote out to you, and maybe you'll know who said it. Um, he says, so it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. Do you know where that, that's from, I Sheila? I do know that quote. Yeah, but I can't think of who who. Who said it? It's the I notebook. I read it. It's in the, it's in the notebook. The note, yes, in the notebook, yes. Yeah. And by the way, that's voted one of the number one romantic movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So the work he's talking yeah. about might be helpful in your next tip, which um, which can you talk about that now? The re- rejuvenate dating behavior. Yes, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's doing those things again that you did back when you were dating that made the person you married fall in love with you. It's doing those, being ever mindful. It's remembering to put a note in the wallet. It's remembering to bring a strawberry in. It's remembering to, it's biting your tongue when you, when you, when you're tempted to lash out. It's doing again all of the things that seduced that person that you married into loving you. Because we want to do that every single day. I mean, obviously, you've got other things you have to do besides dating, but it's being ever mindful of doing those kind and simple things, simple, like uh, getting up and and, um, you refill your orange juice, would you like more orange juice, which is holding a door. It's calling to say, I'm just thinking of you. I I, uh, recommend that clients have email accounts that they use only for play with each other. That they have, um, I give you a great example. This is one of in, in the dating tips. We'll just jump forward for a second. A wonderful example in my book of a couple who has uh, had had these separate email accounts, and they were only use them to for flirting and for playing with each other. And here's how it can work: when you go out on date night, couples often will you know go out to dinner. They plan it. They get dressed together. They go out together. And what I recommend, actually, is that when you have a date night, that the guys get dressed and that they leave. And give the wife, give her time to do what we love to do, which is, as you said earlier, stand in the mirror, a flossing gloss, I call it, get, you know, the perfect outfit on. And you can't do that when he's sitting out in the car waiting for you to show up or he's sitting out in the family room drumming his fingers. You want to have time to take a bubble bath, make yourself pretty, and then come back to the house and pick her up at the front door like you used to. In other words, recreate what that was like to go out on a date. And when you couple it it with having these special email accounts, let me give you a perfect example of this. It was his turn to plan the date. And so he sent her an email and said, on date night, I want you to wear your prettiest dress because I'm going to give you the moon and the stars and 
he had hidden some French perfume. And, of course, she was dying to know what they were going to do. And he would send these little emails with these little hints, but he wasn't telling her anything. And when date night came, he picked her up at the door, just did what I, what I said, and he left. He came back. He picked her up at the door. I also suggest you start your date with a nice kiss just to connect. And then they went and, and he took her to a favorite French or French restaurant that was new and he was dying to go. And it was called La Luna, the moon. And the ceiling had stars on it. And she was so beautiful. And then when, and because she'd all dressed up for this. And then when they got home the next day, he sent her an email and said, you look so beautiful last night. And she sent an email and said, I had such a great time last night. Now, they could have together said, hey, let's go try out this restaurant. But what a different experience it was when they could play and flirt and make it special. And it didn't take much, a little creativity, a little thought, and some free Gmail accounts. Well, I think that's a fabulous idea. And what about the idea? I, I recently read an article that said that movies are, you know, kind of the guideline, the the baseline for romance in our lives. And a lot of people... Um, watching old movies together re- rekindle this um, interest and in, in, in remembrance of this great time they had together when they're dating. So I pulled these top um, these top romantic movies. Do you think it's a good idea, Sheila, to, to get inspiration? I mean, so, do you have to be completely creative or can you get inspired from movies? Oh, gosh, get inspired. Okay. Borrow. Take so, the idea I just gave you and use it. <laughs> you know, by all means, take whatever source you can to, and make it your own, and don't feel at all bashful about it. I mean, I think that that's a great idea. And you know something, Kim, you did touch on something, even talk about old movies. I think one of the most intimate and and loving things that a couple can do is to revisit old memories. And, you know, the value of being in a long-term relationship is those memories become the glue that binds you. And they're wonderful to revisit. And, you know, couples create code words and they create, um, you know, private names and little or or pet names and private jokes that mean something to them. And when you have that, that language and you have that, I mean, just the other day I said to my husband, dry cleaners. Now, to anybody else on the planet, that means nothing. But to us, it was the day that we took a long walk. And I, I saw rain clouds, and I said to my husband, it looks like it's going to rain. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a sailor. I know, I know clouds. We have plenty of time. Well, we no sooner got to where we were going, which was a mile and a half from home, when it started pouring. And so we ducked into a dry cleaners and borrowed plastic bags to wear, which was silly because we were soaked in minutes. So we ended up walking home in the rain. And so whenever he's, like, sure of himself... And I only have to say, mm, dry cleaners. And he's, well, okay, maybe I'm not so sure of myself. I mean, you know, we have our own little little way of communicating, and all couples have that. So memories and visiting memories and having uh, those things can really be a wonderful glue that binds a couple. And the movie, it might be back when they saw the movie together or, gosh, that reminds me of the time that we did that. So, yeah, I think that's great. So what about reawakening a dating mindset? I think you touched on that a little with your, your dry cleaner's word uh, phrase with your husband. Um, being generous about that. He, he thought it wouldn't rain. You thought it would. And 
You made mm-hmm. that a happy memory. Is that being generous with uh, and nixing the ne- negativity? Yeah, I mean, we did touch on that earlier, which is that we we do have a negativity bias, and the show isn't long enough to really go into that whole thing. But it, it you really do have to focus on being positive. And, and let me revisit that because at first I was some kind of annoyed because here I am. And luckily, it wasn't really cold. We lived in California at the time, and it was warm, but it was raining, and I was soaked from head to toe. And I was really um, uh, tweaked about it. And I turned to him and was about to give him a piece of my mind about his, his ability to, to read the weather. And he had his face up and his arms out. And he was clearly enjoying this experience of being in this rain. And I thought, I have a choice here. I can either be, be irritated with him or I can say, change my point of view and say, you know what? This is fun. And we ended up dancing in the rain. And the thing about that is is that we have a choice on how to see things. And, you know, those memories and those fun times, they come from humor. They come from things like, like that where I could have been irritated with, in which case we would never mention it again. Or I decided to take his point of view, which is, wow, this is really kind of cool. This is kind of fun. Here we are in the rain wearing these stupid plastic bags as if they were going to really keep us dry. And why not just just dance in the rain? And so that's what we did. And, uh, Sheila, and that's just one example. And, and Sheila, I mm-hmm. love that example. What about, um, you know, just because we're short of time now, revitalizing your marriage uh, into one that's based on your needs now. I have a girlfriend who who really loved her husband. You could see it. They always held each other's hand and went on trips together, and they just seemed to have the, be the mo- most romantic couple ever. And he recently died in a plane crash. And mm. seeing her walk around without her husband, is it, it puts a hole in my heart. And I guess, mm. you know, when you, you revitalize your marriage, um, you know, would it be helpful to think, what if I didn't have them, um, you know, and I like my friend, and, you know, Living a, a life that's more based on had the the marriage you want, like the one they had. I mean, they were definitely a role model right. for all of us. Well, I think what happens oftentimes, um, Kim, is that we, you know, we we get blueprinted on how things should be, and many of us enter marriage with the same vision of marriage that our parents' marriage was. And in today's world, I mean, there's a long, very interesting history of how. We came to the point where the husband was the primary breadwinner. I mean, way back when, everybody participated, and it was a barter system. And then when barter system wasn't, wasn't enough anymore and we needed cash, the, the wife and the, and the children did the domestic chores, and the husband became the breadwinner. In today's world, where we see two-income families and a more egalitarian approach to marriage, many people who've been married for a long time, are no longer really satisfied with the marriage model that they have. And what I like to t- say to people is the reasons that you stay married do not have to be the same reasons that you got married in the first place. So it's perfectly okay to say, hey, you know what? This really worked really well when we were raising our children. This model worked well back then. Now that our children are, are raised or now that they're nearly raised, a new model may be different. You know, we're, we have a lot of years after our children leave the nest, with 60 being the new 40, although now that I'm 60, I like to think 70 is the new 40. <laughs> but, 
you know, as, until death do us part can be a very long time. And so it's really important, I think, for couples to revisit from time to time and remodel their marriage model to what they need it for today and not necessarily what they needed it for needed it to be back in the beginning or when they were raising their children. Perfect. Sheila, now we're out of time, but I want to remind listeners, this is Sheila Dean, and she has a book that's out that's called Redate Your Mate. And Sheila, where can we find that? You can find it on Amazon. Uh, You can find it, if you want an autographed copy, you can order one through my website. Um, But uh, Amazon, it's available in both Kindle and hard copy. And uh, Barnes & Noble and other online sellers, but Amazon's probably the best bet. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing these great ideas with us. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for joining us on Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Have guests coming over to the International Space Station? We'll just inflate the spare room. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. One thing we're always short of in space is, well, space. Living room. Whether for a space station or a future Mars mission, creating enough room in orbit for people to live and work in safety and comfort is a big engineering problem. Everything has to come up on a rocket, limiting the size and weight of what you can launch or forcing you to send it up in pieces. But there is another way to go, and NASA will try it out on the International Space Station. Robert Bigelow has had two private modular space stations in orbit since 2006. The Bigelow modules are made of folded-up, high-tech fabric layers and inflate like large, expanding balloons, creating high volume at low weight once they reach orbit. Bigelow originally bought the technology from NASA and has spent years improving on the concept, including adding layers of Kevlar and water to protect astronauts from radiation, meteoroids, or space debris. Multiple modules can combine to make larger, lightweight structures. NASA will test the inflatable module for radiation resistance and suitability during a two-year technology demonstration scheduled to begin in 2015. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. No matter what corner of the earth you want to see, Eric Dowdle has probably painted it. Next week, Eric and the crew take us to Victoria, Canada. If you could build a totem pole, what would be on your totem pole? It would be a really short I would, totem pole. I would pole. do one just exactly like they look now. Would you have an eagle? That's my question. Would sure. you have a whale? You're right. I'd have now, a bear. Join us on Traveling with Eric Dowdle next Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. General assumption, of course, is that you make a large oil or mineral discovery. The assumption is this is going to make a country rich. In reality, we have to consider a few things. Notes from BYU's Kennedy Center. Only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You've just listened to part of our show. Is there anything you're wondering about? Do you have a question you need answered or a thought to share? Maybe you have a story you'd like to tell. Call into BYU Radio during one of our talk shows and chat with one of our hosts. The number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We'd love to hear from you. Just call 855-CHAT-BYU. Do you want to hear all your favorite BYU Radio shows while you're on the go? Now you can. 
BYU Radio's free iPhone app places all the BYU Radio programming at your fingertips through your iPhone or iPod. Download your free iPhone app on the Apple Store now. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Obama announced a new initiative today to put $40 billion towards repairing the nation's aging infrastructure. The plan could help jumpstart the economy but still requires congressional approval. House Speaker John Boehner is denouncing an offensive reference to immigrant workers made by a fellow Republican representative today. Boehner says the comment was beneath the dignity of the office. New gasoline regulations are likely to push the price of fuel up in the U.S. The new regulations were pushed forward today by the EPA and will reduce the amount of sulfur in gas by around two-thirds by 2017. New York City is reviving efforts to sift through 9-11 debris and find the remains of numerous remaining missing persons. Search efforts have not been expanded since 2006. An Illinois man is facing charges for stealing 21 tons of Munster cheese. The would-be thief was caught when attempting to sell 42,000 pounds of his haul at a New Jersey truck stop. The cheese will now be inspected and donated to charity. Scientists are struggling to find the cause of a mystery illness which has wiped out 40 to 50 percent of the nation's bee population. The mass death could put the pollination of large fruit and vegetable crops at risk. World News, an unfinished 16-story building in Tanzania collapsed suddenly today, killing at least four and leaving nearly 60 missing. The building, building fell onto a field where some young boys were playing, and at least four of them are missing. North Korean leaders are making preparations for missile strikes on the U.S. mainland in response to yesterday's B-2 stealth bomber missions in the region. Leader Kim Jong-un approved a plan to put the missiles on standby. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. And welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Kim Power Stilson, filling in for Matt, who's out of town. We just talked with Sheila Dean, who is the author of Redate Your Mate and a Relationship Expert. And she talked about the four strategies to redating your mate to create, recreate the passion and uh, excitement of dating like you had when you first got married. The first point was recreate the dating you to become the best vision of you. So spend a little extra time to, like she called us, uh, said, uh, floss and gloss in the mirror and have your husband come around to the door to get you like he did when you were dating. The second point she suggested is rejuvenate dating behavior. And you can do this by doing over what made you fall in love. So picnicking in the park, um, great movies, those kind of things, so that you can keep a remembrance of your love for the long haul. The The third, she said, was reawaken a dating mindset. And you do that by nixing negative and trying to be uh, more positive 24-7. So, you know, maybe overlook the socks on the floor or, you know, the toothpaste tube all over the counter and focus on the things that are the positive things in your relationship and and reinforce those. The fourth and final redate your mate a clue and strategy was revitalize your marriage model. And she suggests you have an outlook that uh, perhaps you focus on what you want your marriage to be like and model others' behavior. Um, And again, this is uh, Paula uh, Sheila Dean, 
And her book is Redate Your Mate. And you can find out more information from Sheila Dean on SheilaDean.com. Again, this is Kim Power Stilson for the Matt Townsend Show. And I, here's the Matt Townsend team in here. And I don't know, what did you guys think of the idea of romantic movies uh, to remind you of what it was like to date? And you're all dating still. Well, so. not, not to poke fun, but uh, the whole Paula Dean thing got me excited. <laughs> Sorry about it's that. It's yummy. I know. I'm hungry. That's where that came from. She And Paula Dean, by the way, is a Southern cook, uh, Southern chef, we should say, that's very hometown cooking. Doesn't she start with every recipe with, okay, start with five sticks of butter. Oh, yeah, five sticks of butter. And her food is great, by the way. And she sells great uh, cooking pans, too, if you ever go to Walmart. Oh, yeah? So just a little plug for Paula Dean. But back to Sheila Dean and her romantic movies, uh, top romantic movies. That, I mean, what I liked when I was dating is di- going to be different than what you liked. But what do you think the top five are for the world? Of all time? Of all time. Cinderella. The Disney one? Do you have little sisters? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do have little sisters. Top five romantic there's, there's, Is there even a prince in Cinderella? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen yes, Cinderella, to be honest. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's Snow White. <laughs> Yeah, and there is also there's a prince. Snow White. Is there a prince in Snow White? And yeah. Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Pretty much there's always a prince. Yeah, of course there's a prince in Cinderella. That is a really romantic movie, by the way. All of those cartoons. But how about a, a real live person movie? The Notebook. The Notebook, you're right. One of the very top. And that's that's amazing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a quote from that. Um actually read that in her show. So so you got that, right? What was that? Did you hear that in the show? You were listening to the show? Uh, actually, I, I was out for that part. Oh, you know what it's like. Sky <laughs> always checks out. But Matt teases him so much. All right. All right well, I'll give you a clue. Uh, this one is uh, in the South as well, with along with Paula Dean, And this is uh, a, a famous movie. came out in the 40s, Gone with the Wind. Oh, yes. Mm. Okay. So, and here's a quote from this. And this is a famous, famous quote. Um Frankly, my dear. Oh, wait, I can't say that one. Yeah, you can't say that one. And this isn't that quote, but that's a great, that's also very famous. But this is the most romantic quote in history. And it beat out Cleopatra So, and Mark Antony. Um, He says to Scarlett O'Hara, no, I don't think I will kiss you, although you need kissing badly. That's what's wrong with you. You should be kissed and often and by someone who knows how. Never seen it. Was he volunteering as somebody who... uh... He was he, he wanted to um, she, Scarlett O'Hara was married to someone else, so he refused to kiss her. But oh, that's okay. what he said. All right, so next next movie, next romantic movie. Go out on a limb here. What about Sleepless in Seattle? That seems to be a classic. You are right on. That's number two all time favorite uh, romantic movie. Which Tired I, in I Toledo. I find that interesting because they're not even together through the whole movie. It's only in the end that they meet up. Yeah. Well, I think that movie is romantic because of this quote. And maybe you'll remember this. Do you remember when the, the son calls the radio station and gets his dad on? It's the whole Sleepless in Seattle. It's right. on the radio. And he says um, to the radio host, um, she says, what was it about your wife that you loved? And then he said this quote. And this is number five all-time best movie quote. He says, Tom Hanks is the actor in this. And he says, it was a million tiny little things. That when you added them all up, they were they meant we were supposed to be together, and I knew it. That's pretty good. That's pretty a good, good. line. I and that was talking why. about his mom from that had passed away, mm-hmm. and so everyone across the nation was like, <gasps> "All right, you guys are into this movie thing." <laughs> I don't know what, any of these. What movies. movie I was am... that from? Groggy in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. Okay, the way we were. 
Robert Redford, Barbara Streisand. Okay, don't even know that one. I know the song. (laughs) It's a great song. Can it be that it was all so simple then? She she does a better job. (laughs) Just a little better. Um, Okay, then the next one, An Affair to Remember. Who's seen that? Well, who forgets that? That's a great movie. It's it's three different versions since the early 30s. It's the big one's the one with Cary Grant, right? Yes, and then the the guy in uh, who who did something to Roger Rabbit. What's his name? A oh, Warren Beatty, and Annette Bening were in the most recent one. Uh, so yes, 1940, Cary Grant, and can't remember her name with red hair. So the whole idea is they're supposed to meet. Pippi Longstocking. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the whole idea is they're supposed to meet at the. I would say Eiffel Tower, but I'm in the wrong city. Empire State, Empire State Building. And on the way, she has an accident and loses the use of her legs. She can't meet him. And he is crushed and goes on his life and becomes a success and thinks that he, she has rejected him. And then at the very end of the movie, he finds out that she can't walk and they're all crying. It's really sad. <laughs> all time. Top for magic movie. Okay. So for our male listeners, we're not holding your attention. <laughs> if I have some movies, guys would probably be like, oh, yeah, that's a good love movie. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear the guys. Back to the Future 3. <laughs> You've read Jules Verne. The love of football. I adore yeah. Jules Verne. That's a love story. He saves her because she's going to crash her uh, horse and buggy into the uh, ravine. Back to the Future 1. That's a great love story. One that you were mentioning earlier, though, um, Up. Up. Right? Like the first five minutes is better than most romantic comedies are like during the entire movie. They kind of go through this um, girl and boy meeting and then they go through their entire courtship and then she dies and he's left alone in the house Mm -hmm. that he later adds balloons to. Yeah, it's really like hats off to Pixar on that one. It was really, really well done. Um, Now you can argue about the rest of the movie. But the first five minutes are solid. I'm a mom, right? I'm a mom. I have lots of kids. So we watch those over and over and over. Okay. So do you do you agree, though, that um, in Redate Your Mate, um, that this is a good idea to model those movies? Do you think that's even possible? I'm Heck, I'm thinking uh, just for the date your mate part, <laughs> steal from the movies, you know? I mean, I hadn't thought about that. I thought I had to come up with my own romantic ideas. Now I just need to go watch all these movies and rip off the ideas. I actually, I, I know you're kind of kidding, but I actually think that is a very, very good idea. If you sit, if you were to look, you know, if you're not married yet and you're looking at, you're thinking, what can I do to attract this person's attention? And she's crying at Up or Gone with the Wind. Why not? Why not, re- you know, repeat the lines and give it a whirl? It's like, you know, you know, it's going to work. They, they're crying. <laughs> but you have to be careful because there were things that were considered acceptable in the 80s that now today could get you thrown in jail. For instance, uh, what's the movie where the kid stands outside the girl's uh, apartment holding the boom box? <gasps> in your eyes. Um, yes, your that is. Eyes. Not better off. Say anything. Yeah. That's say anything. Say anything. Yeah. That's John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, if I stood out some girl's window blasting music at it, be an iPod, be busted <laughs> for uh, making noise after 10 p.m. or whatever, uh, public nuisance and stalking, and girls say that's so romantic. Honestly, if some person's hanging out your window blasting music, I don't know. I, th- I think most girls would be kind of creeped out by that. I don't know. I would be. Actually, um, I don't know. Has anybody here seen Hitch? Oh, great movie. Will Smith. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. I've seen that. Uh, a friend of mine, he. <laughs> He tried to do the thing where they um, they had the bicyclists go to the girl's house and like leave a like a disposal like a walkie-talkie or something like that. 
Um, the problem is that he, he had the genius of idea of hiring a homeless person to do it. About a half hour later, the cops were called, and so it didn't quite work out for him. <laughs> you mean your friend had a homeless person go deliver the walkie-talkie? Uh-huh, yeah, okay. in a box. So he was recreating Hitch. Yeah, Fill me in, because like... it's been a very long time since I've seen that movie. So Will Smith is a guy who gives advice to all of his friends about dating, and then he himself, when he tries to follow his own advice, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He's stuck single. She's at work. And like he, a courier brings a box. Yeah, it's like a delivery package. And she opens up the package, and everyone's like gathered around, so excited. And it's a walkie-talkie, and she turns it on. And Will Smith's on the other side. Does he like asks her out or something? Mm-hmm. And then he like gave her different times, and she's like, "Well, I guess I could do Saturday morning." And then the delivery guy's like, "So did you say Saturday morning?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay, then this one's for you." And he had like a package for each date, depending on oh, which wow. which day she picked. And then it was like a wetsuit wet for riding the jet skis. Yeah, it was in New York. New York. And they went over to um, Ellis Island and looked at the Statue of Liberty. And after she got on the the jet skis and she kicked him in the head or he kicked her in the head and knocked her off the jet ski. Yeah. And then they like saw the book with like her ancestor or something and then she cried. All the immigrants. And she cried because she was horrified because her her ancestor was a murderer. Yeah. (laughs) Like the famous murderer. He doesn't know it. Andy, what's your favorite love movie? We're putting uh, one romance. of the bosses on the spot. We're talking romance movies. <laughs> don't really watch romance. First thing that came to mind is King Kong. Wow, that's a massive love. See, I've, I don't really watch any of any of those movies. I had I, ha- I dated a girl who made me watch The Notebook, and that's why I said The Notebook. But all the rest of those movies, I've never seen, and I hadn't heard of. You will more when than you're married if you want to stay married. <laughs> My husband and I alternate. It's like the guy movie or the chick flick, and so we take turns. And if he happens to get you know two guy movies in a row, then he owes me three chick flicks wow yeah and he gets popcorn if he goes to the chick flick with me because i think that's fair yeah and i cry and sometimes he cries as well which you know i get out my smartphone and and video that take a picture yeah yeah Yeah. gotta record that blackmail later (laughs) my husband's a policeman right and he takes me out on a drive along a ride along so you you know you i'm in the car while he is that's our date because we had you know little kids and so i'm in the car and we're, we, he pulls some guy over, and I look back behind me, and I see this guy reaching for something. And here my husband is out of the car and walking back to give this guy a ticket. So I see – I look back, and I see this black thing kind of coming up uh, out. And so I think it's possibly a gun, right? Because yeah. I live with that every single day. And so I'm pushing all the buttons on his dashboard. Help, help, SOS, 1040, 290, 1022, <laughs> you know. And um, ended up being a, a, a planner. <laughs> <laughs> so it was okay. But that was our date night, and that was like the last um, date night we had. But that entire night, there was like, you know, suicide calls and people almost dying. And I was like, that is not. This does sound like the movie Date Night. It's like a guy. Yeah. Epic. yeah. So that was it. Yeah. So it was uh, kind really of an adventure movie with no, not a lot of romance, actually. I did I did get a, a, a hot chocolate from a 7-Eleven after. So, you know. Okay. <laughs> Take your wins where you can. Yes, yeah, but you're right. They never make movies about marriage. It's kind of like, oh, we met, we're happy, we broke up, we're back, and now we get married, and boom, it's over. Movie's yeah, then over. cue credits. Yeah. No, 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 nothing, nothing exciting after that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, finally, we're just going to end this discussion with the very last um, quote that's one of the most famous movie quotes of all time. It comes from Love Story. Allie McGraw says, love means never having to say you're sorry. So I'm not going to apologize if you guys don't like girl movies or romantic movies. Fair enough. All right. You've been listening to The Matt Townsend Show. Again, we had our guest on recently, uh, Sheila Dean, and we have been talking about romantic movies and ways to uh, rekindle the excitement in your relationship. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with the next segment. 
Office towers of the future may use metallic skins to control heat and let the building breathe to stay cool. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The architect, known as Corbusier, called buildings a machine for living in. But what if we turned that idea around and made the building a sort of living machine? We're talking about designs for passive thermal control of buildings that are modeled on things found in nature, like plants that adjust their leaves to catch light or roll them up to resist drought. Biologist and architect Doris Kim Sung has been developing this kind of passive biomimicry for glass-walled buildings. She created an interlocked pattern of metal leaves that act as an exterior smart skin for a building. The leaves are a combination of two alloys, similar to old-fashioned thermostat coils. When the sun gets too hot, the panels flatten out to reflect heat and light away from the building. As the heat tapers off, the leaves bend to admit more light and air through the building. Sort of like gigantic window blinds on the outside of the office tower. Such a passive smart skin system could drastically reduce the heating and air conditioning loads on a building, saving energy and money. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Looking in the much-touted PG-13 movie from a parent's perspective, I'm Rod Gustafson. Victor Hugo's story of justice, mercy, and unrequited love comes to home theaters in the film adaptation of Les Miserables. While portrayals of prostitution, child abuse, and criminal activity make this movie too mature for young audiences, older viewers will discover powerful performances from Anne Hathaway and others. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Seeking for a fresh start after a lengthy prison term, Jean Valjean, played by Hugh Jackman, discovers the world is an inhospitable place until a gesture of kindness is extended to him. Yet not everyone is so willing to leave the past in the past. Get details on this movie's content and more at parentpreviews.com. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Earlier this week, Brooke Walker was filling in for Matt Townsend, and she talked about online bragging. As we started to look into this topic over the last few days, the last week, and explored it on a deeper level, there were several blog posts that came to my attention dealing with this very same topic, talking about the online envy that we sometimes experience when we look in on another's Facebook page, Twitter feed, Pinterest boards. One particular article caught my attention because it focused in on perhaps a more focused issue, and that is competition. Do we compete online, and is that fueling our online envy? The article is titled Battle of the Moms. It was posted on the website for allmomkind.blogspot.com, and the author end of that article and that, that blog is joining us today live on the line. Lindsay Franson, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So this article has really generated some serious Buzz, I think you hit a nerve. Let's kind of set it up because it comes from a personal place. Like many other moms, you spend time each day online. I do. Yep. On Pinterest, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I dabble in all of those social media outlets. So I'm for sure 
in tune with all of that. And you recently made an observation as you're peeking in on your friend's Facebook page, on your other family members' blogs. What was that observation you made? Well, it's this. We are in a constant competition with one another, and we are constantly um, tearing down ourselves in order to compliment other moms. And really what ends up happening is you kind of find yourself on a hamster wheel, and you really can't keep up. And we start to think in terms of Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, if that makes sense, kind of planning for your next mm-hmm. post, your next picture that you post. That makes perfect um, sense. Yeah, we start preparing ourselves for the next competition and planning how we're going to make ourselves look better than, you know, maybe the other mom or whoever it might be. And really, it's a battle that we set ourselves up to lose. Why do you think we do it then? You kind of touched on the need to maybe keep up with the Joneses, kind of maintain Mm -hmm. our own perfect appearance. But why do we put ourselves down based on what other people are doing? Well, I think that is the society that we live in today. Um, We've kind of been taught... We believe that it's wrong or arrogant to have a positive opinion of ourselves. And so instead of just accepting a compliment, it seems that we have to justify it and tear ourselves down in the process. And vice versa, in order to build someone up and give someone else a compliment, uh, we end up tearing ourselves down. And it's as though our society has gotten to the point where a compliment means more Mm -hmm. if the person who's giving it is belittling themselves or their own abilities and talents. And really, I wonder if because of, because of moms, we don't receive a ton of praise and validation mm-hmm. um, from that job, that we also find ourselves turning to those social media outlets to get the likes and the comments and that validation that sometimes we seek from other people. I think that's a huge aha. Women so often are the validators, right? And we're not excluding men from this topic today, but I think there's a particular angle to explore with women. And I know it's the angle you kind of tackle daily in your blog for All Mom Kind, but it's it's the fact that women are constantly validating their children, their husbands, their families. Mm-hmm. Do you think they end up feeling a little empty themselves? I think sometimes, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's sad to me that it turns in that direction um, because we, we're in such a powerful position of being moms and being women that it really should be the opposite. We should be building each other up and supporting one another because, you know, really no one knows better how hard it is to be a mom than another mom herself. And, and so you make we that really point. just need to flip it around. You make that point, I think, so well in your article. You talk about the power in being united, in coming together as women, as moms, as like-minded group. Do moms need that support from other moms, do you think? I absolutely think that they do. And I think to a certain degree, this can be a little bit good. I think that being a mom is by far the toughest job out there, but it's also the most rewarding. And I, don't get me wrong, I like seeing the bright spots of other moms' day, and I think the key is just to keep a healthy perspective and recognize that we all feel inadequate and we are all going to have days where we feel like our heads are spinning into orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than isolating ourselves and killing ourselves to keep up that image, I think it's important to have other mom friends who know what it's like and who, can, who you can let down to. Um, you know, being a mom can sometimes feel so lonely, and I really think we make it even lonelier for ourselves by trying to keep up 
with one another. Mm-hmm, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I love that in your this particular blog post, again, we're talking to Lindsay Franson, author of the article Battle of the Moms that was posted recently on the blog for allmomkind.blogspot.com. And Lindsay, you make two great points at the end of your article. And I always love it when a blog post comes to a conclusion or comes to a call of action of some sort. So it's not just a rant, right? Or it's not just a venting session, but you really have put forward and put on paper two points that we can learn from this identification of this competition that's happening online. The first is that we all feel unfit to be a mom or to be whatever we are at any given point. Yeah, I don't care who you are, you know, and I'm speaking in terms of being a mom, but every mom has been in the situation where there's laundry all over the house and you just don't have time for a shower that day or whatever it may be. At one point in time, we all have been there. And if you haven't, you're going to get there. Um, So we all know what it's like. And so, like I said, we just really need to flip this thinking around um, and just stop competing, stop Stop the comparisons. And the second conclusion, I think, has wide appeal and application. The, the conclusion you make at the end of the article is we need to accept and embrace that we are all doing the best we can, kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. And I think what it boils down to is we don't care about anybody in this world more than we do our kids. And um, I just think, you know, our children are either going to learn one of two things, that they will never be good enough compared to other people or that they, all they can do is better themselves and work on being the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility as moms to teach them, you know, to learn how to gain their confidence from within rather than from comparing themselves to others and tearing others and ourselves down. And how hypocritical is it if we want them to be that way, but we don't set the example ourselves? And I made that point in the article. I don't want my little girl to grow up, you know, feeling like she has to tear herself down in order to build someone up. And I don't want her to feel like other people are beneath her in order to feel better about herself. And so we really just need to set the example. It's not fair um, to want to raise our children to be that way. Yeah, we aren't if we aren't doing it ourselves. And like you pointed out earlier in our conversation, not fair to throw them into this hamster wheel, this game, this competition, they'll never win. I'm curious to know this article did come from a personal place for you. Have you found Mm -hmm. yourself thinking differently since posting it? Yeah, I I definitely have tried to uh, keep the perspective that at the end of the day, we're only going to post our best. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you take 50 pictures of the same thing, you're going to choose the best one. And because everybody is posting their best, um, I think we become bombarded by what we see as perfect moms and wives. Um, And not only does it kind of make you feel like you aren't living up to the standard, but at the same time, we are putting more and more expectations on ourselves by trying to achieve those perfect pictures. And it really is a double-edged sword because you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to drive yourself crazy because you're going to feel like you can't keep up with other moms. And that translates over to not being able to keep up with yourself, I think. Exactly. So I think it's really a matter of retraining your brain and the way we think about other moms and about ourselves. And so that's really what I've been trying to do since that article has been posted is just kind of try to retrain my brain and the way that I think about it. I think you've inspired other people to train their brains as well. I was I was perusing some of the comments and the feedback on, on this particular post, and I wanted to share a couple of them. You got a comment from a user known as the White Silk Purse who said, Amen, I am now an old mom, old enough to have grandchildren, and I agree with you completely. Thank you for encouraging cooperation rather than competition. And the Sants commented and said, Thank you for the reminder. I've actually stopped reading a lot of blogs because of this reason. What have been some other feedback that you've received, some other comments that have, have come to you be, regarding this article? Mostly the emails that I've received have just been 
Uh, thank you for the reminder. And by far, this has been you know, the most popular article that we've posted. We've had over 500 readers that have viewed this article. And so I think it's something that we need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know deep down, but I think we just need the reminder that no, that no mom is perfect and that they don't live every second of their lives being super mom. Yeah. Um, but we just become so bombarded by it. So I hope it just serves as a reminder. And I hope, I hope that, you know, moms will share this with other moms they know, because it, it really is a reminder that we all need to hear. You've definitely started the conversation, if not furthered it. And we're so grateful you joined us today. I know uh, For All Momkind is a fairly new website. Tell us a little bit about, about your forum. It is new. So it actually started with a Facebook page. Um, for All Momkind was a place where you could come and ask other moms questions about you know, anything, anything at all that you have about the questions about mothering. And from there, it kind of translated over into the blog. And the response that we have gotten has been so positive. And um, it's been so fun to kind of see those moms rise to the occasion and support one another. And, you know, it's really a, a, a positive place. It's not a place that you'll come and find negative things tearing each other down, but a place where we can offer support. And so I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Um, well, congratulations. You're doing a great job. And you. one thing I love about your blog is at the end of every post, you have a personalized signature that you stamp on there that relates to the topic you just wrote about. So various authors will kind of leave their imprint, their personal opinions mm-hmm. on the topic. And on this particular article, I think I'll wrap up with just how you concluded it, because it was so clever and really got to the heart of the point. You said, Lindsay is done competing already. Can't we all just bond over sit up and spit up and blowouts, right? Exactly. Well at said. The end of the day, that's what it's all about. Well said. If you do get to a point where you're feeling a little little over overstimulated shall we say or the bragging is getting too much you're feeling the envious feelings set in connie reminding us it is okay to detox and unplug have any of you ever unplugged from a social network because of a negative emotion that settled in i used to be on twitter mm-hmm. uh but i got really sick of all the marketing that was done through it and all of the, the sort of pointless things that come yeah. through it. It's Twitter. That's, I mean, there's a lot of pointlessness to it. Is social media squashing our self-esteem? Hopefully we've given you some great tools and tips. Of course, this is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Brooke Walker. It's been a pleasure to be with you this afternoon, and we hope you have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.